What's up, Lady Ballers? Welcome back. We're Soccer Props. And it's game time. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? We're good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for having me. Are you in Jersey right now? Yes, I'm here. We just finished up with training. So yeah, congrats on on joining Gotham FC. That's so exciting. How has it been so far? Thank you. It's been amazing. Um, I'm extremely excited. I'm very grateful and thrilled for the opportunity. And it's been um, even better than I could have imagined. Um, And so, yeah, it's just been fantastic so far. What's the transition been like going from playing to now coaching? Yeah, it's been, um, so uh, I retired and kind of stepped away from the game. I would say right before um, COVID is around about the time frame. Um, and I kind of continued to pursue the coaching career and got involved in a lot of different levels um, in regards to that. Um, I would say my initial actual coaching career kind of started when I was a player. Um, I think the biggest experience was going over to Japan um, at 24 years old and feeling like I didn't have a technical and tactical understanding of the game and feeling like I was playing with players about 16, 17 years old at the professional level over there that had a very good understanding. And so I would say the question mark kind of hung over my head at that point of why don't I know these things? And how have I been involved in the WPS for two years and played at the ACC conference and still feel like my game's lacking in these areas tremendously? So I would say my initial like coaching career started then of like, wow, I really want to be the best version of myself both on and off the pitch now as I continue throughout my playing career. And then how do I give back? Um, And I think it just kind of continued to develop throughout my playing career. Um, And then obviously stepping away from the game um, gave me an opportunity to dive into what it would look like. Um, This has been fantastic. Um, The transition has felt really good. Um, I think a lot of my personality of who I was as a player transcends to who I am as a coach and the understanding of the physical mental demands um, as a player in this league for the amount of time that I spent in this league is something that I hope to bring um, in this role. Why do you think that you didn't have the same like soccer IQ as other players? Do you think that there was always more of an emphasis placed on fitness and the physical side of playing or what do you think led to, you know, these younger players having just more knowledge than, than you felt like you had? Yeah, no, that's a fantastic question. I think for me, it was more of, I just couldn't quite comprehend. Um, I felt like, uh, growing up that I was very much so taught with what I was doing with the ball at my feet. Um, in reality, 88 minutes of the game is spent without the ball at your feet and about two and a half minutes is spent with it at your feet. So if you understand it without it, you will be successful with it. So obviously there has to be an emphasis overall. uh, But that was really where I started to be like, oh my gosh, this is a game at the end of the day, right? It's like chess. You're moving pieces. You're doing things to make them make decisions so that you can punish them. Um, And that's really where it started to come in that, oh my gosh, this is a game. Uh, And I need to play this game and I need to understand this game and I need to understand what spaces I'm exposing and why I'm exposing them. And I think I couldn't quite explain that in that moment. And I couldn't quite understand why I was doing what I was doing. I just knew that I was good with the ball at my feet. Um, And so that, yeah, that, that would be my, my biggest answer to that question. Yeah, that's, that's a really great point, honestly, because so much is focused on, you know, technical ability and work you can do on your own and training on your own and being physically fit and not so much time is spent necessarily watching game footage, um, you know, and learning, yeah, you know, the, the field as a whole moving as a whole unit instead of just individual parts. Um, How do you feel like you gained that soccer knowledge? Was it looking at footage from aerial views or was it, you know, on the field? What was your best way of gaining that knowledge? 
I would say, and it, that's a really good question. And I would say it was merely from the fact that I couldn't actually talk to my coach. So my coach didn't speak English. He only spoke Japanese. And so I would always go second or third in line to understand, okay, it's two touch there, one touch there. The movement looks like this. And for the first time in my career, I couldn't go, Hey, excuse me, coach. What am I good at? What am I not good at? For the first time in my career, I had to look at myself and I had to study myself and say, this is what I'm good at. And this is what I'm not good at. And I have to be better in these areas to be successful for this team and what this team needs. That was the first time I've ever dove into me specifically and a better understanding of who I was. I always, I didn't realize it, but at the time it came to, to light that I always relied on what other people thought to define who I was as a player. And for the first time I got to go, okay, this is what you're good at. This is what you're not good at. <laughs> and it felt honest, right? Because I had to be honest with myself. I was playing at a very high level. Um, and I would say just the overall, like we would take a bus to trainings and we always traveled by bus to trainings. Um, especially about two times a week in particular, where we trained a little bit further, we would watch Barcelona on the way there. And then on the way back, we will watch the second half of Barcelona. Um, at halftime, the coach would bring an iPad and, and kind of address, Hey, these are the areas that we're not doing well. in." And when we saw it, we were like, Oh wow. Okay. We can't even argue it. <laughs> he's right. We're not doing well. And he's showing us the game first half. Why we didn't. So I just think the overemphasis that I experienced then at that point of better understanding the game, studying the game, looking at ourselves and just overall being able to reflect on training and then seeing it and then training and then seeing it that I felt like it became this all encompassing view um, and opportunity for me to grow. I, I feel like that's a big point is like being honest with yourself as a player. I think a lot of players struggle with that. And even when people tell them what they're doing right or wrong, they still like, it takes a lot to like, be like, all right, yeah, I do need to work on certain things. Um, do you think that's something that you're influencing now with Gotham? Um, yeah. So I think for me coming into this role and obviously having the experience that I have had in this league as a player, it's just being supportive of, you know, um, uh, I think for myself as a individual and who I was as a player was I did my best to say at the end of the day, um, uh, when it comes time to hang the boots up, I want people to say that was the best team I'd have ever had. Um, because to me, that was the biggest impact. I knew I was going to have good days. I knew I wasn't going to have good days. It's just the way that sport goes. Right. And so for me, it was having the opportunity to be empathetic and have grace in certain scenarios that needed them and recognizing those scenarios. So I'm hopeful that I can kind of carry that over in this role um, and be the best version that I can be for these players in whatever they are currently in and what they are currently going through. You talked about, you know, uh, your soccer knowledge as a player and, and wanting to then use that to influence how you're going to coach. Are there any other things that you experienced as a player that either made you be like, I will never do this as a coach, or I will definitely make sure I do this as a coach? Yeah. And I think that's a part of it, right? Is when you go through it, you're like, okay, I'm going to remember what this felt like. And I'm going to carry this on to who I am as a coach and after the game. Right. And it's much like it is um, as a player, those same experiences are, are, are part of your growth. Um, and I think for me, it helps me define like, okay, who I wanted to be. And then there's still so much work to be done right through the process of defining how I can be the best for these players is going to, you know, take time through what I, what I'm trying to accomplish with the group as a whole and with the staff, but I couldn't be more excited. I mean, um, I, I absolutely adore this team. Um, I think the staff is fantastic. I think the team is very special. Um, and, and that's something you just feel, right? It's not something that you can just make up or just say. Uh, when you say that 
a group is special, you have to feel that way in order to say those kinds of words. And I think for me, from the experiences that I've already had with the staff, I think it's just quality all around from human being perspective to knowledge to um, everything that they're doing. And then you go to the group itself. I think this club is very special. I think this club is headed in a fantastic direction. And I'm just absolutely uh, grateful to be a part of it. I love that. Um, <laughs> and then one thing I was going to ask also is, is obviously coaching has allowed you to stay connected to soccer and not sort of feel the loss that a lot of people feel in their identity when they go from mm-hmm. you know, playing mm-hmm. every day to not playing every day. How has that adjustment been for you? You took no time off. You went right into it, right? From, from playing and then uh, I'll see right into coaching the next day. Uh, the next year. So I was just curious if that transition was a hard one for you or if stepping into that coaching role made it a little bit easier to kind of, you know, deal with that identity crisis that we have when we stop playing. Yeah, no. And I think it's a fantastic topic. I think it's a topic that you really truly don't understand until you are done. Uh, What that identity crisis looks like. I was five years old when I went to the 19, I mean, I wasn't five years old when I went to the 1999 Women's World Cup, but I was five years old when I first had the dream. When I went to the 1999 Women's World Cup in Pasadena and watched USA versus China, that visibility and that realization that day of that's what I want to become really ignited in that moment. And since then, I chased my dreams of how do I become a women's professional soccer player? What does it take to get there? Everything I did as far as choosing my friends, what I was eating, what club team I was with, everything I did revolved around the fact that I wanted to play at that level. And so stepping away from it, having that dream from five years old, stepping away from it about 32 years old, you get to that point where you're like, who am I? Everything that I've done my entire life has been revolved around the fact that this is something I wanted to do. I got there and I loved it and I enjoyed it. But now I'm like, I'm confused. (laughs) Who actually am I outside of the game? And I think it took me a little bit to understand that it isn't necessarily the game that defines me. The game brought something so special to my life and influenced me in a way that I can carry that on in whatever fashion I continue to want to carry that on. And what it's brought to my life is life skills that you cannot teach. I cannot give you a book. I cannot write it out. And, you know, it taught me that life skills are learned through the sport. And it's so important, all those life skills. I didn't realize them until I stepped away and I went, wow, I hope someday my daughter wants to play. I obviously hope it's soccer, but, (laughs) Um, but whatever she chooses to do, I want her involved in sport because there's just something to say about those life skills that you learn through the sport. It's just something that's just innate in how you feel about the sport. So I think I did struggle in the initial steps of like, what do I, but I also felt so touched by the league and being a part of the league's progression and, and quote unquote, being one of the pioneers of the league, right? I was in the WPS. Um, it folded. I went to Japan for two and a half years. I came in one year after the NWSL had come in. And so that passion of like, I know what these women deserve and this league is growing and it's progressing in an amazing direction. And how can I continue to help with that? And that want and that fire inside of me, I just wasn't fulfilling. And once I had this opportunity, I'm like, yes, this is it. This is what I've been trying to, to find and fulfill and, and understand. And, um, I want to be a part of this league. And, um, I knew this was something that I really wanted. Um, and so now to be able to have the opportunity to flourish within it with such amazing people and to have an opportunity to learn, right. As a player, I was never the flashiest player. And frankly, I was very slow, (laughs) but I 
enjoyed doing all the work, being someone that worked hard to make others around me successful as a group. And so I want to bring that same mindset in. How can I work hard to make sure that this group is successful and contribute in any capacity that I can? Um, and that's just something you experience through playing at that level. A lot of times we get questions from, um, from lady ballers about how to best communicate with their coaches. And like you said earlier, there's some things you have to figure out on your own, but there's also times when you do want to communicate with your coach. Do you have any tips for them on like best ways to, to have a good relationship with their coach? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's all balanced. And I think sometimes, especially at this level, and I'm going to reference from me as a player in this standpoint of you just tend to overthink things because you want to be so good at what you do. You are watching what you eat every single day. You're making sure you nap around the same time every day. Like there's a lot that goes into being the best version of yourself that you possibly can. And it sometimes leads to a little bit of overthinking. And I think just having that balance and that awareness of when is a good time um, to chat, but also having that, you know, relationship to understand, Hey, there's things that you're, and this is what I tell people all the time. You are really good. You are really special because you are different and you are unique. Everybody is different. If everybody was the same, the sport would be so boring and the world would be so boring. That's just fact. So what is it that makes you, you, and make sure that you always are aware of that and don't look at other people and say, well, she crosses it really well. She's the best posted up nine. What is it? what is it that you are so good at that makes you, you, and then let's work on those things around there. Right. Um, and I think that's just part of it of identifying what makes you unique because that's what makes you, you, and that's what makes you special. Um, and so being able to hone in on that and identify that, and then also having the awareness of, Hey, I'm just not feeling too hot today. I need to have a conversation with someone. I'm feeling comfortable to bring that up. Um, and I just think it's balance of being aware. Um, and, and sometimes that can be difficult, right. When you're overthinking things, but I think taking a step back and then just having people around you, you know, continuing to support yourself with positive people around you that, you know, um, will be there for you and support you and be honest with you. I love that. I feel like overthinking is the death of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very difficult thing, um, because it, it, it is very easy to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I have a question. When you were growing up, did you have female coaches or were you predominantly coached by men? Uh, fantastic question. I was predominantly coached by men until I got to college. And then I would, I had a female coach. And then, um, obviously in Japan, I had a male coach my first two years in the WPS had a male coach. And then obviously I had Laura Harvey, uh, shortly after that. And then, um, black co after that. So yeah, probably I, I guess then I would go as far. Hopefully I'm not leaving anyone out. I don't think I am, but I think I've had two female coaches in my entire life. And that's also a big piece, right? Um, a little bit of my transition afterwards, uh, long story short, is I worked with the Juventus Academy in um, Silicon Valley in Northern California. And I was actually slotted in on the men, the boys technical director side. And I was DOC of the club and I was coaching as well. Um, and I think the biggest part for me was coming into the role and people being like, wait, why aren't you on the girls side? And it was like, absolutely. I'm a huge proponent of the female side and everything that I can possibly do to continue to progress the sport itself. You go on and on. I'm the biggest proponent of it, but also I don't think a lot of boys have been coached by females. I don't think a lot of boys have seen females in big roles. And I just don't think it's a thing. I, if you've asked a lot of boys, um, if they've been coached by females, I think it would be even a bigger discrepancy on that end. Right. And so for me having such a role and having the opportunity to influence and say, Hey, look, you know, I've played at the highest level. I played with some of the best females in the game. Um, and I'm going to influence this end and I'm going to be on the women's side as well, because I had just, I'm passionate about that side, right? Because I think visibility ignites dreams, et cetera. Um, 
But I also want the boys to see that that females can have these roles. Females deserve these roles um, and for them to have an opportunity to see that and experience that. Um, and so that was a big point in my um, life to better understand that you can be and do anything you want. And boys need to see more females in those roles. That's a I great point. That. Yeah, we never, we've never talked about that before, actually. Both yeah. If I have a son someday, I'm definitely going to coach him and he'll probably not be happy about it. <laughs> I, love, I love it. I love it. And it's just, yeah, I think it's really important. A lot of the feedback was like, oh my gosh, like you're, you know, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, you can play like you're, what? Yeah. you know, and it's cool and it's inspiring. Right. And it's important. It's important that they see um, that. And I think it, yeah, it's just, it was a very, very life-changing moment for me. Um, and one that I'm obviously uh, very grateful for. Absolutely. You mentioned your college coach was a female. I know you transferred colleges um, after yep. your freshman year. Same thing. We get so many questions about players in college, about whether they should stick it out at a school or if it's best yeah. to transfer. Do you have any like advice for them? They're like on the fence yep. on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that is just some soul searching. And I remember my mom first telling me that she's like, you just need to do some soul searching. I'm like, what does that even mean? I don't know. I'm 18. <laughs> What does that mean? You know, but in the moment, and um, I have so much respect for Sac State in general um, and the environment that they provided, the coaching staff, the players, it was great. But I just kept asking myself in four years from now, and I'm, am I going to become the player that I want to become to make it to that next level? And I couldn't answer yes. And because I couldn't answer yes, I went back to the drawing table and was like, what do I do? Um, so I actually didn't play with the team in the spring season, went back to club soccer. So I was playing on a U8 team. Uh, club soccer team. I was taking college classes, then driving myself to practice. And I ended up getting picked up to play at Miami um, on 5% scholarship um, because it was so late and they really didn't have any money. Um, and so it was like, Hey, do you want to come to the ACC conference on 5%? I thought, you know what? I want to work my way up. I want to see what I'm capable of. Like I'm going to do it. My dad, he'll still tell me to this day. He was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, but I just need to do this. I knew in my heart I needed to do it because I wanted to see what I was capable of. So I went on 5% shortly after I got to 60. And then the rest of my time was on a full ride and captained the team. And I'm still one of the first players to ever be drafted from the um, NWSL from that school. And so long story short, I went with my heart. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I knew if I fell short, that at least I fell short giving it everything I had rather than looking back and saying, I wish I had done that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it has to just come from your heart. It has to come from your heart of what you feel and what you and doing. Like, I wish I would have done more research. Like, is this a school that I really want to go to because I really love marine biology and this is what I want to study, but I also really love to play soccer. Like also being honest with that. Do I like the way that they play and the way that their coach likes to play? Am I fitting into their system or I'm just going because it's like a really cool campus, right? There's a lot that goes into it. And at 18, I didn't know. My parents didn't go to college. My parents did not play sports. I had, I had no one to like, Hey, what should I do? I just went with like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I think thinking about those things too, because you want to grow as a player, but you always also always want to be growing as a human being because it's so important. And my mom used to tell me this all the time. Like, it's awesome. You're really good at soccer, but it's more important that you're a good human being. People want to be around good human beings and you'll learn so much when you surround yourself with good people. Um, and I wanted to be that person for everybody. Um, and I think analyzing 
what is the best fit for me on all those angles is so important and take your time. And if you feel like it's not a good fit, then you reassess. Right. Uh, but just being okay and riding with kind of the ebbs and flows of trying to better understand where you're at and kind of what you want. And everybody wants something different. And I think that's what makes the sport so beautiful too, is some people want to play pro and some people just want to play D2, study what they love and have fun. Right. That's what's so beautiful. There's so much opportunity here and whatever it is that the sport brings you joy and passion, take that, have fun with it. Yeah. I think that's so important to do that soul searching when at that age, it's difficult, but it's absolutely so yep. worth it. Um, absolutely. We have just a couple more, couple more questions. Um, oh. What's one thing you <laughs> wish you were asked during interviews? Something that you haven't been asked. One thing I wish I was asked during interviews. Could it be like the like craziest question? Or yeah, did it, it, could be, it could be something about you that you wish people knew. It could be something that you, you wish people would ask you or it could be anything. It could be something crazy. Um, I think it's kind of fun. And this is like one of my fun questions that I love asking people is like, what would your like, hi, good. How are you? What would your like job be? Cause I'm obviously doing what I love for a living. Mm -hmm. And if you could pick like one wild thing that like you probably would never do, but like one wild thing that you would love to do at some point in your life, if your life was totally different, um, would be a background dancer for Beyonce. <laughs> and so yeah, I are you a good dancer? Um, I'm not that good, but I love <laughs> it. Took hip hop all growing up, like huge hip hop fan, huge R and B fan. And so I just like it would be like something that's like totally out there, but I absolutely love and I enjoy asking these people this question because I think I get to understand them as humans yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, so I, I love those kinds of questions where I think a lot of who we are as people and what our personalities are does transcend to the field. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Um, do you dance in the locker room then? Or are you doing? Oh my, I was a player a hundred percent. If you put anything on, I, that, that's it. Yep. I love to dance. I always have. And it's just kind of my outlet of, you know, enjoying what I do and getting a chance to just go yeah, for a little bit. I want to see some uh, some big win <laughs> celebration dances from you now. Then. <laughs> I love it. But here's the thing with all the celebrations throughout my career, which I didn't have a ton. Um, but when I did have them as far as like, you know, if I was involved in anything or actually scored, um, I just turned into the like most awkward thing ever. It was like, oh, my. And then it was just like I did such <laughs> weird things. I'm like, what are you doing? But it was like the emotion kind of came in. You're no rhythm over your body. <laughs> I just freaked out. <laughs> that's awesome um all right last one we usually ask people what their biggest soccer or problem is but we want to ask you what's your biggest soccer coach problem my gosh i can't think of a <laughs> bad refs or you know like anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess i guess maybe indecisive refs mm -hmm. i guess would be fun. where you're just like is it out and then it's like uh, uh, it was like what is it <laughs> now i'm confused <laughs> but well, bless them. They work so hard. And I know like uh, a really quick story on that because I do have to share this. I was a ref one time when I was younger, I decided I was going to go to an eight hour refing school on Saturday and do this thing in high school. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get an extra 20 bucks. You know, imagine if I get that five days a week, I can save so much money for cleats. Right. And I got so into it, did my first game. We went into PKs. I had my little booklet out, you know, writing it in. I'm like, you guys won. And they all start celebrating. And then the girl comes running. Over. She's like, we still have a kicker. I'm like, you do? <laughs> I'm like, 
oh my gosh. I'm like, you guys stop celebrating. Come back. They still have a kicker. And then she's going up and I'm thinking in my head, do I hope she misses it? Like this feels so wrong. This feels so wrong. And then I'm like, and she ended up missing it and they celebrate. I'm like, you guys still won. And I'm like, I never went back. I quit that day. I turned all my gear in. So I do have that experience in the back of my head. Anytime I do say something along those lines of an indecisive rep, I was there on Saturday with like eight years old and I freaked out. So, um, <laughs> I had to share that story. That's one of the funniest stories that is, that's mortifying. That is, I would, horrible. I would get horrible. in my car and drive away. I quit that day. I quit that day. My mom's like, did everything go in there? It went horrible. <laughs> Don't even ask. That is, that's one tough job. I would not want to rest. So no, for that. but no, Deb, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us. And we're so excited to continue to watch you guys and, and to continue to watch you with your career. So congrats I on your accomplishments it. and thank you. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me and thank you for, um, yeah, just everything and all that you guys do and just bringing attention to the women's game and just making things fun. So appreciate you guys. Thank you. Well, thank hopefully you. we see you at a game soon. Yes. Yes. Hope to see you guys soon. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye. bye. Alrighty. Listen up. If you didn't know that we have swag, where have you been living under a rock? You can get 25% off our t-shirts, long sleeves, sweatpants, keeper gloves. The whole list goes on. If you use code podcast 25 at checkout on soccergirlprobs.com today, that's S O C C E R G R L P R O B S.com and use the code podcast 25. I repeat podcast 25 at checkout.